Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? Huh? You guys having a great week? Those dollars rolling in? Are you watching the pledges roll up? Uh, uh, Are you watching that dashboard? Are you getting all uh, uh, super, super excited? So uh, we've got a, hopefully you guys all had a great week, first off, right out of the gate. Um, It's definitely been a wild one around here. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm recording this podcast Thursday morning. Typically, I try to do these Wednesday, but last night, um, I, I, lost, I lost it. I had to go watch the uh, World Series game, and uh, I think I was like with the rest of America. I lo- uh, just amazing, amazing storylines going on. So, so I'm just going to paint a little picture for you here. It's, it's um, very early Thursday morning. You're going to hear the kids behind me. Uh, you're going to hear um, the dryer going. Uh, we're trying to get the kids out, um, but this is my only time to, to get this intro recorded so that we can get the episode out today. So if I don't do this now, my whole day is shot. So bear with me. And if you hear a pterodactyl behind me, that's just a five or three-year-old probably not wanting to put their clothes on. Um, or if you hear my wife go by, that's her. She's probably going to be looking at me going, why are you doing this right now? Why are you doing this? But like I said, it's the only time I got it in. So let's talk about that game last night, huh? You know, I got to be honest, I've been giving up on live sports over the last few years. And um, God, last night just brought it back. And, and I'm exhausted because I was up to what? I don't know, almost two in the morning because of the rain delay and and uh, in the game. So, um, but man, it really brought baseball back to the forefront. I mean, it is such a great game um, when it's played really you know, at the highest level. Um, and man, it, it kind of reminded me of almost the, the George Carlin routine, you know, um, that uh, baseball was pastoral. You know, we had no idea when it might end. It might go on forever. And, and, and now the season does, you know? Um, so God, it was such a great, great game last night. I can't stress it enough. And, and, and for somebody like me who grew up in sports, right? I played baseball, I played basketball, I played football. Um, I played at a fairly high level. Um, and, and something I really enjoyed. And it's, you know, with once kids kind of came in the picture and, and, uh, and life started to happen. It's, it's surprising to me, one of the first things that's kind of left. Um, and I think it's, you know, uh, my son's probably going to start playing sports. He seems to, seems to dig it. You know, he's talking about it and, uh, you know, I know it's going to be a part of our lives just because it was so important to my upbringing. I, I, you know, I, I, I've probably told a bunch of stories of, um, you know, I have the couple memories of, what is it? I think this is about sixth, sixth grade. And it was like, the, it was literally the first game of little league. And, uh, um, this is by the, the story also is a great, you know, showcase of like, you know, I think my parents love and stuff. Right. So like, um, which is a whole nother conversation, but I remember, so it's the first, first game and I've got all my new batting gloves on and I've got my wristbands. I mean, I got all the new stuff, the new cleats, everything's brand new. We're going to have a kick butt, you know, season and, and pretty good catcher. Not going to lie. Um, I, I, I was pretty good. And, uh, I think it's like my second at bat and uh, this kid throws a pitch and it h- hits me in the shoulder. The ball falls down and I actually, I fall and my hand lands on the ball and it twists and I, I have a, um, a really, really bad break. I broke both the bones in my wrist. They actually split. 
Um, one of the bones was sticking um, a touch out of the skin. I can't think what that's called at the moment. It's too early. Somebody can tell me what that's called again. Um, and it was the, probably the worst pain of my life. And I just remember my parents, or my, frankly, my dad picking me up um, and carrying me across the ball diamond because, again, the fields were, you know, and I can still right now feel every bounce, you know, of my dad. But, you know, and then him holding my hand and my mom sitting holding my, my hand. And my arm is just literally like, um, you know, a noodle, like in the Harry Potter movie is what my arm looked like. And uh, we get down there and I had to have surgery almost immediately because the, the nerves to my hand all went in between the break. So it was a really, really bad break. Um, and, and I had to have surgery. I mean, like, literally, I think I had surgery within like three hours to get this thing fixed because it was, it was on a serious level. Um, and I had pins and rods and all that stuff stuck in it. And, you know, um, but that's just kind of that moment of, of you know, I, so that's the story. And then I, have, I, I can remember probably being more around maybe about a senior, junior, senior, and uh, going up to Minnesota uh, to do like a basketball camp, right? And I'm playing against the best of the best point guards. I mean, you know, you know, just playing against six, three guys, you know, just really athletic, you know, guys that are probably going to go on to play college ball. And I'm, you know, you guys have seen me, I'm a 5'10 white guy from, from the farmland, you know, um, quick, but not going to take it to that next level. And I just remember, you know, a few times just, you know, just getting overwhelmed with like, man, I'm just, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And, and to have that sort of support behind you of, of, you know, my parents and, and people looking. So it's just, I don't know, last night brought up some, a lot of emotions of just really thinking about what sports really does, not only to a country, to, to unite it in terms of everybody watching. I mean, Facebook was on fire. Twitter was on fire. I know I was active last night, you know, um, you know, make, making a choice to put off work, right? So last, you know, typically on Wednesday nights, I do my podcast, right? I get, I, I um, you know, putting that off and saying, you know what, now everybody can wait because I want to talk about this. This was a great, great game, you know, and then thinking about what sports has really created in me, you know, and created that drive. And, and I think there's good and bad things. I mean, you know, kind of in therapy, it just it keeps coming up on, you know, I do have this sort of, I'm not good enough feeling a lot of times. And, and I think that might come from sports. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's almost feeling like, um, you know, uh, I was never really the first to get picked, but I was definitely the second to get picked. I think that's always in my mind. And, and that comes from playing at such a high level, maybe really not supposed to be. Again, you know, you wouldn't look at me and go, man, that's an athlete. That's an athlete. He's going to be great, you know, but I can play, you know? So, so that's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it's definitely something, right? That I'm exploring and talking about and and just thinking about. So, yeah. So last night was great, man. You know, I mean, if you watch the game and you know anything about baseball, and uh, granted, I'm probably doing a uh, you know this is like my Joe Buck impression right now, my my baseball analysis. But man, Joe Madden did some weird things. You know, just things that you know. I, that's the other thing I love about baseball: the second guessing. I mean. What what was he doing in half those decisions? And man, you know, it's like it's like you know, when I listen to sports talk and, and you you know, you kind of break down like the the Monday morning quarterback chair, right, or type of vibe and it's just like, what were they doing? And, and it's funny I was talking about this to Sean and Paul the other day, our business, my business partners here at Wood, Woodshed, and we were talking about how in in these Kickstarter campaigns, and I, I know I'm probably rambling a little bit, but again, it's remember remember it's it's morning, it's early and uh, just trying to get trying to get some stuff done, right? But we were discussing um, 
how we can look back at the campaigns, very similar to how you can analyze a game, right? So in every game, you know, I, I use a lot of football analogies, but in, in a football game, there's always that moment where a coach does, goes for it on fourth and one and just changes the whole momentum, right? Or, um, you know, or you know, or Joe Madden, he takes the, the starting pitcher out in the fifth inning, and, and you know, and then that starts the next series of 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 you know things that have to be done, the next situations, right? And it's you know, it's and I think that actually happens in Kickstarter campaigns, right? So, you know, when I look back at the successful ones or even some of our, our failures and you look back and you go, there's the moment. There's the moment where you made the wrong decision. You know, um, there's kind of one floating around us right now where it's just like, man, I really wanted you to hold off, right? I, 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 I'm, a, I'm the expert. I'm the consultant. You've hired me. I think we should put this on pause for a little bit longer and get our homework you know, get everything done that we need to do. If the client chooses the other thing, that's the pinnacle moment. That's the moment you look at and you go, sorry, I I don't know what to tell you. You, you shouldn't have went for it on fourth down. You should have punted. The momentum would have been different, you know? Um, and, and at that moment, you get into this, it's so hard to say, right? You know, it's just like, well, if, what if Joe Madden would have left him in? Well, then the catcher wouldn't have came in and hit the home run. So, you, you know, you can run this thing out of control, um, to an unhealthy level, but I think the analogy is pretty pretty close. And you know, um, I know between Sean and Paul and I, um, you know, we talk a lot about this. Where we're like, mm, I wish this right here wouldn't have happened. If this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. Um, but you know what? Somebody could probably sit there and go, Yeah, but if that didn't happen, then this didn't happen. You know. So, man, I think I forgot to tell you who's on this episode. So. Man, I'm spacing. You guys gotta, you guys gotta just bear with me, huh? Right? I think this is episode 42. So, um, so obviously, I'm diving into equity crowdfunding a lot in, in the um, uh, in the podcast, and I because I think I'm just fascinated by it. Um, so, I, I had a great chance to talk to Brian Burt, and Brian is from the company uh, MaestroConference.com, and they've got a WeFunder campaign right now, um, and they've got a uh, a product that I wouldn't say is sexy on any level, but a product that my company would consider using. Um, we, I, I found out in the in the uh, in the interview that um, the White House uses this guy's uh, technology. So it's a it's um, a phone conference technology, but on steroids, if that makes sense. Um, so you know they can do video, and so it's really social. It it, it really is going out and and. Um, and and allowing people to really be social uh, online all at the same time and be able to break off into small groups um, if they need to and really just have a ton of control. Uh, you know, a lot of the conversation that we, we were talking about is most conference calls is a teacher type scenario, right? Like, you know, uh, ahead of the class talking to a bunch of other people. And this technology disrupts that. This is everybody has the ability to be in the group and participate. So, so like I said, they've got a a we um, a we funder campaign going on right now. Let me just double check here because I haven't checked in a couple days here what, where they were at on funding, but they were having some success. Yeah, okay, all right. So I was just checking this out. So um, they have 174 investors right now, um, and they've raised 117 thousand uh, dollars through equity crowdfunding. So I I think you're going to see that number get more and more and more because. When you broke down their technology, they've got a lot of stuff working on the back end. So, so my conversation with Brian, uh, uh, you know, um, 
you know, lot of deep inside information. So, so hope you guys enjoy it. Um, this is that time of the episode too, where I, I tell you all the stuff I need you to do. Remember, join our community if you want more insight in this, or if you want to talk to me, Sean or Paul at any moment, we're online 24 seven, literally. So join our Slack channel. You can get to that by the, going to the website, woodshed.agency and you go to the join our community. Uh, if you're liking the podcast, go send it to a friend, send it, you know, you know, you got emails, you got friends that you think might be into this, send it to them. Let them check it out and um, and uh, and subscribe and and make sure you are subscribed to this. Uh, download download the the podcast. Get it in your phone. That helps us big time with with our metrics and um, because we are going to start reaching out to sponsors pretty soon. Uh, and when that happens, I'll I'll actually talk about it. Um, just because I think that's that's something that some of you out there might want to might want to do at some point for your company. So we're going to be very open about that and we're going to try to get. Um, a couple sponsors to to, um, to come on board and and we'll see what happens. So we're excited about that. But that that goal is going to start um, probably this month. Our goal was to get to fifty episodes and then um, and then to go out uh, and publicly, you know, see if people want to sponsor the show. And I think we'll have some success with this because we've got a good audience right now. I mean, you guys out there listening, thank you so much. Um, so. Let's go ahead and kick into my my um, my interview with Brian uh, for uh, Maestro Conference, and let's uh, let's go talk about talk about some equity crowdfunding some more, right? So, all right, you guys have a good rest of the week, um, and I will talk to you all later. All right, you should see that. Yep. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. Uh, I think you're probably still in the work day. I think you're out on the West Coast. That's right. But, uh, but thanks for taking some time. Um, I always kind of like to start these conversations with, with you kind of telling my listeners, you know, the, the elevator pitch of your product. What do you do? Yeah, so Meister Conference is used by um, organizations that have a national or global um, audience, and they want to really involve them in a conversation. So um, they are, you know, the traditional way to do that through live, you know, sort of what we say live events, meaning at the same time uh, with webinars and uh, conference calls and all the video and hangouts and all that primarily are broadcast. So mm-hmm. they're all about, uh, you know, watching and, and listening to your host and maybe some, some, a few people ask questions. Everybody else is just watching and, and listening to the whole thing. Maybe there's a chat going on so you can type some things. But it's really primarily a, a what I call a television experience. So Meister Conference is, is about the opposite of that, like super engaged. Um, it's definitely not for everybody, but it's for some great uh, great customers from from you know, President Obama to Airbnb and Uber, et cetera. Um, and they want to they want to have their their uh, their audience really turn into participants. And so one of the one of the key features of that there's a lot of different ways that we engage people that uh, that are they're actually pretty unique, but. Um, one of them is to be able to move into small group discussions really flexibly. So you could have like 5,000 people and now you're in uh, a thousand groups of five by state or with, you know, by topic or by uh, any of the data that, that, that our customers have about their participants. So that flexibly moving back and forth from parallel small groups where everybody sort of has a, has a uh, discussion to, you know, what are we going to do to move this forward? Now you're going to talk to some local people and then you can also be, submitting ideas and voting on other people's ideas. So 
um, you know, taking straw polls and all sorts of other things. But but that's uh, if you're wanting to really have everybody be able to talk in small groups in parallel, we're absolutely the leader in that. Uh, yeah, that seems very intriguing to me. It's, uh, that that blows my mind a little bit because I, I I agree with you. I, I use webinars. I mean, you and I we're trying out a tool right now, right? But but the power of this tool is that you and I are actually communicating back and forth. I can't imagine that sort of scale of you know. 20 people in the state of Michigan discussing after the debate or something, you know, or exactly. Yeah. Whatever. So, so how are you keeping up then with the technology change? I mean, we, we, before we started recording, we already joked about, Hey, they're probably using this or whatever. How do you guys keep up with that stuff? Well, um, uh, I mean, you know, I think, you know, we have, we definitely have a bunch of full-time engineers and, and, and architects. So, so, um, it's definitely constantly changing, and um, uh, what would I say? I mean, we're you know we're, we're thinking about we we do that by thinking about you know listen you know talking to our customers, thinking about what their what their problems are, and then talking to our you know we've got a technical board of advisors, but um, you know talking to the talking to the technology folks about how to address the issue. Some of it you know honestly, a lot of it's really really easy, and some of it's really really hard. You know, so sometimes people right, right. menu choices arranged in a different way, or the words change. There's a lot of that, and all the usability stuff, which is very subtle, but it's very easy technologically. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the the generally the media. As soon as you're dealing with audio and video, you've just upped the level of complexity quite a bit. Certainly through a browser, even more so. And then the phone network itself is a is a major source of of. Uh, you know, headache somewhat. The internet is just sort of there or it's not. And these, you know, phones, people's uh, dial tones don't work when they call from this phone number, you know, those right. crazy stuff. So we do all kinds of monitoring there on the phone network. So so when you're building something like this and, and, um, and starting to imagine, you know, we'll just keep using this example, 20 people in Michigan using it, how do you combat just the people element you know, I can't figure it out. I'm on 20 different platforms. How yeah. do you guys approach that? Uh, just, you know, when you're making something. Sure. Well, <clears throat> you know, there's, there are, you know, for, for our customers and, and 20, by the way, is a relatively small event for, for sure. us. Um, but it might be 200 and then we'd go into 20 groups of 10, you know, or, or mm-hmm. 40 groups of five. Um, there's always the technology element, you know, and then there's the conversation element. So I've, you know, seen somebody who was actually in a demo event and they were, but they were hosting for their audience. They were kind of, were kind of trying it out for them. And they were like, Oh, here's the question for your small groups. And they said it and it was like, okay, the star groups just started to talk. And then they kept talking. Well, and I think about this and I think, and it's like, it's just, you know, the, the technology worked perfectly, but the, but the, you know, this person in kind of a demo just didn't, didn't get that. When you, when you, you know, move people into small group discussions, it's time to be quiet now. Sure. Sure. Each other. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so there's definitely a training, you know, a training issue at this point. Most of our customers are coming in having, you know, usually been on some other customer's event. So mm-hmm. luckily that, um, I think we're seeing less of that, just total beginner error. Right, right. 
So, I mean, speaking of customers, I mean, you know, you've got some pretty heavy hitters right now using your product. Uh, what was it like bringing those guys on board? Did you have a sales staff or, you yeah. know, uh, you know how, how does the president all of a sudden find out about your company and go, you know what, let's go ahead and use that yeah, in the White yeah. House? The president I was actually using I'm it. sure it was probably, it was one email, right? You probably just sent one email and they were like, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> you know, we, um, when we launched, we were in beta. It was a free product and we were just trying to get people to use it and, um, you know, give us some feedback. <clears throat> and we, we, I hired a few folks with a to totally different networks and said, you know, kind of get the word out in your network and, you know, we'll pay you five hours a week. And uh, this was in the bottom of the economic trough and you could get good people that, for this kind of deal. Right. But we'll give you, know, we paid them by the, you know, by the hour for their, for their five hours a week. And you'd get uh 20% recurring revenue from any customers you brought in hmm. and did that for like, I think it was like six or eight weeks, you know, with like eight or 10 people. So it was a very small effort, literally, and um, one person brought in the Obama campaign, move on, and the Sierra Club or something. <laughs> and uh, so and she just, she's received, like, she's received, you know, I don't know, ten, tens of thousands of dollars from those few hours that she worked. Um, so, which was, you know, which was great, because, you know, it was nice to... And, and I know her. She's a she's a sweetheart of a person. So it really was pretty easy. She knew she knew Jeremy Bird, who um, we're actually doing an event with on Wednesday. Uh, ran the Obama campaign's field organization, hmm. and he just was like, you know, they looked they looked me up. I was a I was a Democrat. You know, some donations of Democrats, and uh, so they figured I wasn't you know wasn't some troll trying to <laughs> right. And uh, and they just loved the tool. That That's awesome. You know. So uh, I think we've gotten a lot of our political customers that way, some of our corporate customers. Um, Could you walk me through, or, or like, what would be an, like a kind of, I would say soup to notes, but how would somebody use this at that scale? Like, like what would somebody do? You know, whole, definitely a variety of use cases, right? So for, um, you know, a very large event, you know, and it depends on who, you know, who's hosting, what they want to do. So, I mean, let, let, I mean, a typical one, right, say, would, would be a class. Somebody's teaching a class, and there's 300 people that are you know, taking their class from around the country, and they, um, you know, to the people who paid for the money, they send the link to register, or they send us their info, uh, more or less, in a variety of ways. They get mm -hmm. Everybody gets their own individual pin and their own individual link. And then you're hosting the class, and then often throughout the class, you're going to present the material, and then you move into small groups to discuss it and apply it to your own situation. Hmm. So that's, that's the easiest one, you know, where you've got folks who are more like, we're trying to get calls to your congresspeople, you know, and so you'll get into groups and practice or talk about what you're going to say or make commitments around what kind of actions, or you're writing letters together, um, you know, uh, you know with the, the three benefits we're, we're coming after primarily are um, you know, learning. So it's like when you apply the material to your own life, to your own situation, what are your goals? What are your challenges? What do you remember from the last four weeks? What do you think the structure that, you know, so active learning mm -hmm. um, relationships. So it's like, Oh, this is an association. We're having this event. And you know, there's a topic, but you're also doing it to get to the, know some other people in your industry. Um, and then action is, is the, you know, the, the, Getting people to write emails, make phone calls, 
uh, you know, connect. So those, you know, most of the use, use cases, more than more than ninety percent of them are in one of those one or one or two of those three. That's cool. So, so this your so how long has the company actually been together? I mean, when was this t- technology kind of developed, and how long have you guys been working at it? Yeah, we we launched actually it was like eight years ago as an audio only platform. Okay. So we were a very advanced conference call service, you'd say, mm-hmm. um, and you could still do small groups. And and uh, but it was it was you just dial in with a pin with your phone, and then the host had a web interface. Um, and there was a you know a very basic web interface, but it didn't you know what we've moved into the last year or so is a full visual interface where you've got uh, you know seeing the faces whether it's social photos of the people in your breakout, um, and then it lights up when they speak, so it's live that way. Mm. Um, or um, you know, with with video, etc. So, so it, you know, we, we we learned that people love the even the, the the audio events, but it, for a lot of folks to not know who was in their breakout that first time was really confusing. Like, oh wait, where am I? I'm you know, I can hear the the host, but they can't hear me. Well, that's because they're you know, kind of on stage with a microphone, and you're in a small group. So, giving them a visual cue as to what's going on really helps with intelligibility. And the first time you're in a breakout, to see even if it's just the names of nobody else is given a photo, and usually they do, but you know, just to know the names. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going right. to tape these three people. So, so, um, and even if some people are on the phone, usually, honestly, the what happens is there's always like one person in every group who's who's not on the interface, and we do distribute those folks so that they're they're not all concentrated. So then you've got somebody who can't see, but, but everybody else is killing them. And, oh, hey, Jim, we're next. We're going around the table. And so you, somebody's calling you out by name. So as long as there's one person at, at, any, you know, at any table or in any breakout that is in front of the visual interface, then they can still kind of walk everybody else through any of the, any of the visual elements. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's cool. So what's your background a little bit? Where did you grow up? Yeah. Well, I grew up in, grew up in Colorado, and I... Uh, Came out to California and uh, after grad school, and uh, started working at pretty much as a technology product manager. So, okay, um, what'd you study at school? I uh, studied mathematical economics, and in the math, gotcha. math yeah, in a, in a, so so you're good at the math world. Yeah, I can definitely you know do the the addition that's required in the accounting world. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm excited. We had my first parent-teacher conference with my uh, my son in kindergarten. Found out he's pretty good at math. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So six plus six, he's got it. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So so my career, mostly in the financial services industry, uh, and you know, either leading technology project products or technology teams. So I was generally the business inter- interface, meaning you know, figuring out what we need. Hiring a team, figuring out the you know, software that we were going to use, which would often be you know large enterprise, multi-million dollar installs, uh, you know, of a component for a CRM system or a database, you know, CRM. So often on the you know marketing side, right, or people side, the kind of the field at, at Charles Schwab and Company. So and some of it was phone related. So I just had been on the you know on the business side. Okay, figuring out what the need is. Write up the requirements, figure out the software to use, work with the team, work you know, work with the with the software engineers. I ran, I ran a team of about 10, 10 software engineers once, um, and um, 
So all of that, which I'm still doing as the product manager for Maestro Conference, um, I mean, there's a product manager, but but I, it's something I'm still very involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was new was all of the, you know, running the business itself. And uh, but right. I left I left uh, my consulting, um, you know, gigs because I wanted to do try something that would be more entrepreneurial and make a bigger impact uh, on the world. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, did did one other startup before this, but did, um, uh, that's sort of what how I came around to to my circumference. So how big was that pivot for you then to kind of get into this whole you know the the being the CEO of a business? You know, was that a, was, how was that transition for you? Um, well, I definitely noticed how much more meaningful it was, and you know, I definitely noticed how much more complex it is. And you know, like when you have a job, and it's like here are the here are the rails. And there, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of creative people have creative aspects to their job all the time, but generally in a, in a large corporation, all of that creativity is, is within some pretty, you know, limited, <laughs> yeah. this is your area, be as creative as you want, you know, as long, without, as long, you know, you, know, you, you know. can just use the color red the entire time. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, creative. Exactly. So when you're, you know, when you're running a business, it's like, wow, am I, you know, how much to focus on this market versus that. And people are constantly pitching you on, you know, some sort of partnership or, oh, here, we could bring in, you know, more money for you, but it's going to take a bunch of conversations. Right. And, you know, how much to emphasize and all these different processes. So it's just, uh, it's definitely mind boggling. You just have to start with like, okay, what is the focus? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, kind of figure out what it is that moves you towards that focus. Sure, sure. So w- what did your parents do? Oh, my do a uh, water engineer. So he was okay. deputy uh, state of Colorado, you know, head of water. And, um, and my mom was a realtor and kind of real estate law. She actually got her law degree late in her career and then, uh, yeah, I worked for like the Mortgage Banking Association, you know, so. Okay. Any banking. sort of entrepreneur spirit in there? Did they ever have any of their own businesses or anything like that? Or where do you think you kind of got that, hey, I got I to gotta pivot. I got to go get my own company. Yeah. <clears throat> well, my grandpa had a business. But the, um, you know, I don't know that it's that, that that's how, you know, necessarily how it works. The, uh, um you know, I think partially just being in San Francisco and I'm, you know, I'm a, I like excitement. Starting a business is plenty exciting. Mm-hmm. So I think my personality is drawn to this sort of, um, this sort of work. Um, and it was through some work, you know, I work, I started to really get, um, a sense for, you know, how can I most impact the world in a positive way? And, you know, I would use the word, that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. So try to start to refine that and just to feel like if I'm the kind of person that you know, innovates and starts new things. And so the best way to, you know, to innovate in a way that touches people's lives is to create something new rather than kind of refine something that's already in process. So Sure, sure. So what do you see as like the biggest, you know, monkey wrench in your company or, or as you're kind of growing, you know, what's the biggest sort of roadblocks that you guys have to face? Hmm. You know, there's several past 
you know, ones that we've gotten through. I'm trying to think what I would say, and I, and I feel like there's several ahead. I mean, I'd say, I'd say, I'm not sure I'd quite call it a, a roadblock. In a way, I think the biggest challenge, to, if, if you're asking for one thing, sure, yeah, um, is that the experience of being in a in a conversation is um, is very different for people. What I say, and I, I say, a conversation. We're, a lot of people, everybody, everybody's in conversations all the time. But the kind of conversation I'm talking about, this kind of um, big group, small group. So, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you'll see a facilitated conversation, but it can be self-organized. But there's a large group with a clear plan, and then there are small groups within that. So that's a very very powerful experience for people often when they're when they're first. You know, I'd say most majority of Americans are not exposed to it. But it's um, it it has to go pretty differently than the ways that we're used to. Um, and so it's a change in it's a change in behavior. Mm. Um, so we both have to inspire. You know, it's it's certainly our customers using it. You know, and are still using it years and years later, and are like, this is just so much better. I just wouldn't have a business, or this is people are so much more involved. Jeremy Bird told me that first year. This has completely changed our relationships with our volunteers nationwide. Hmm. You know, used to be primarily all they would do is just hear us. And maybe when we were through, you know, we were through to their state, they'd meet a few of us and it was a big deal. And now they're like, they're really feeling part of it. They feel connected to us. They feel connected to each other. This has just completely changed, you know, what it's like to work with nationwide um, uh, staff. Sure. And I got to imagine that that you're seeing, a, I mean, that's a huge spike in, I think, our, our work society, right? We're all working from home now. My company, we, we're all over the place. And, you know, there still is that need to see people and, you know. Yeah. No, there's, you know, you know I still, still want that. We have meeting, we have an office and we, you know, we go to the office for, you know, there's a reason we have certain hires is like, this is a, you know, Oakland hire. So, um, as opposed to, uh, you know, remote. So. Um, yeah, so I get that. I, and, 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 you know, and, and the fact of, of even, you know, a small Skype conversation is one thing in some ways it's not that much of a change in behavior because it's, uh, you know, it's the three of us would talk if we were standing around a table, we'd talk or sitting, you know, sitting, whatever. But, um, but if there's 20, you know, 20 or 30 of us and we say, well, the best thing, you know, for sometimes you just, the best thing is just to hear the, here's the data from the person has just been to you know, Antarctica and they've got data on whatever it is. So like, we just want to hear from one person. That's exactly the perfect uh, thing. You know, here's the results of the clinical trials. It's like, we're not really right. we need to be in a breakout discussion about that. But um, when it's a question of, um, you know, how can we improve our processes or how, what, what's the learning or let's reflect, or you know, there's just tons of things where the crowd is the smartest person in the room. The smartest person in the room is the room is the saying. Mm-hmm. And so when you need to get everybody involved, um, then, but you need to kind of change what you're doing because people are used to broadcasting. So right. I'd say the challenge for us then becomes we often need to, you know, we've got somebody who could, who's a perfect candidate. They hadn't thought about it. We need to show them. We need to train them and not only give them the technology, but the, but the training on how to do it. So right. that's because it's so new. And, you know, some people are doing a lot of, you know, very active learning, active engagement types of, um, you know, workshops where they're constantly going into small groups and large groups and they can totally see how all that works. 
Um, and, uh, but for a lot of people, that's all brand new. So we have to sort of still create that possibility in their mind. And that. Hmm. Sounds intriguing. Yeah. So let's, let's pivot a little bit over to, you know, why I reached out. So I, I noticed, I mean, so you, so you guys are on WeFunder right now and you guys have, have put the toe into equity crowdfunding. How did you guys get to this point where you decided, you know what, let's, let's, let's try this out and, and this is what we're going to do with the money. Yeah. Well, um, we've definitely, our, our investors have primarily been, uh, customers. I have not, uh, had to, nor spent much effort talking to venture capital. Mm-hmm. We, we got, we got, and partially it's just because we got customer revenue very early on. And, you know, I made an investment at the very beginning. So, um, uh, we definitely, you know, it's nice to get investment from people. But I, what I, I definitely noticed when people have used the platform, it's just much easier to talk to them about, you know, what it can do. So sure. when I think about going out to, uh, you know, the, you know, funding, you know, institutional fund, you know, venture capital firms, and then I have to explain how it works. And they don't, you know, they can, they just, they, they don't, often they just don't get it. And so it's like, well, yeah. let me talk to people who do get it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So when we, and so initially it was like you know it'd be like some accredited investors who are customers. I mean, there's a handful you can have who are friends and family because you create a relationship with them. And some of them were referring to their you know here I've got a friend who invests, so I'm getting investments from the friends of customers. So it just looks like wow, there's all this interest from people who have used the platform, and so I started to track you know the the um, crowdfunding uh, space and uh, so. Uh, you know, and then it, it, in a way, it actually lines with our brand. Like, like we are a get the crowd involved company. That's what sure. we do for our customers. So it, it just sort of makes sense. Um, and uh, you know, and I just like the I like the the concept of of benefiting you know people rather than sort of some fund that's owned by some other fund. I mean, it's fine. I, there's nothing wrong with those at all. Right. It's just different. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So. So with this um, sort of, you know, uh, for the, with this public raise going on right now, what is the overall goal? What's the, is there a big project that's coming out of this? Um, you know, what are people investing in at the yeah. moment? We're, we're um, really, the technology is, is, is built. We're going to continue to enhance it. Um, but we have not yet done a kind of a marketing launch of the, of the visual interface and we're, you know, we've got video coming out here. It's actually in private beta. Uh, we have, oh, sorry, it's an enhancement of video. We're already doing, you know, uh, video broadcasts of, within the, within the events, but um, we've got a, another, another step in video coming. So, um, so the technology is there. It's really, it's really marketing dollars. And so we've been running primarily on revenue. Uh, you know, it's covered like 80% of our, of our expenses. Um, but the, the little investment we've had, I, I, you know, primarily just, just through some customers along the way, getting you know, a little more investment, it's been a little you know, enhance the technology. So now it's time to turn on the marketing fuel. So really give our, our, our marketer, uh, our, you know, marketing department a budget for the, for, you know, a real budget for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is all about getting more customers. And, and some of that is pure, you know, just like block and tackle. You put in your, you know, put in AdWords, refine what AdWords work. You know, refine, 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 refine the copy of the page that you know they, they go to. So, um, 
So that's kind of pure customer acquisition. And then, and then the other side is something that we think is much more explosive, maybe more risky. Um, but, you know, that is certain, certain types of events that can be highly newsworthy get, you know, or get a lot of attra- attraction just from uh, potential prospects. You're so, right. um, so those are, those are things where it's more like producing an event and inviting people, all of whom could become customers themselves. And then the first invitation is, is, a, is an event that they're interested in. So sure. we have a bunch of, of uh, non, you know, nonprofit organizations coming to a, you know, on the progressive side, progressive political coming to a council for the left event. Hmm. this week and um and so now they're coming and you know of course it's on the platform and every one of them is a prospective customer and um you know we get just just leveraging our relationships and something that's you know doesn't cost us anything to actually host an event you you have to take the time to invite people which um which we're trying to you know uh, get better and better at as well so right interesting so when you guys were getting ready for to, to you know to go into equity crowdfunding here to you know deep, to dive into that deep end, what did you guys have to prepare business wise, uh, and and how did you go about you know you know getting valuation of yourself of the company and yeah. and just you know yeah. getting yourself really ready to take on investors? Sure, sure. Well, we um, we had already been selling stock about a you know. Like you know, as of even at the beginning of this year, so we 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 had we have a priced, you know, we we already have a valuation, um, and that's primarily you know, it's, what's your stage, how much revenue do you have, what you know, what what kind of revenue is it? We've got the you know what people call the best kind of revenue, recurring uh, revenue that's technology, and it's like you build somebody's building you into their whole organization, sure, and so. Um, it's a it's a slow cycle to get people in, but once they're in, uh, it's great. So um, yeah, so I think I think it was uh, kind of getting our getting our understanding of the of the game took a, took a month or two, and definitely interviewed some folks, you know, from from the various cloud crowdfunding companies, and some, I've got a couple of folks who are who had some exposure to, to you know the versions that were previously legal that were not like Reg CF, but uh, right. So, um, and then it was sort of, you know, figuring out the marketing plan, which we're, you know, we're still at the, at the beginnings of, um, we're actually going to, we actually we decided to, we, it's gone really quickly. We got in about a, uh, you know, just under a hundred thousand dollars in, in just over a week. Um, mm. so, uh, but we're actually going to, we're actually going to cap this first one. We're just going to do it, at, you know, uh, between 200 and 250, thousand and um close it i think we can actually use that money to grow our revenue and grow our valuation and then we'll do it again you can you know there's a there's a million dollar limit per year per year yeah so and and where you know what are you seeing what's the feedback from investors up till this point i mean is uh you know what what are you know are you learning anything from them is you know what's that sort of climate like between you and the investors so far Oh, so far on the on the crowdfunding side? Sure, crowdfunding or just in general, you know, what what you know, how do you know obviously people must be excited about it, you know, you're funding quickly. You yeah. know, so so yeah. but but is there anything that you're kind of getting from them in terms of a overall feel or vibe? Well, I people are always you know, positive if they're investing. 
and even years later, they're still, you know, at least at least our, our investors are all very, uh, you know, positive and supportive. And um, the uh, what you know, the, I'd say it's surprising how many of them uh, are not coming through Maestro Conference. Like we kind of expected, well, there'll be a, a few that are going to see it on the WeFunder page. Um, and but really, we were expecting to generate ninety percent of the of the leads ourselves. And there's just a lot of people that, that somehow see it through WeFunder mm. and are, you know, jumping in. So that's, that's been a, that's been a great surprise. And then just the overall pace has been fantastic. So. We yeah, were, that's awesome. How much has WeFunder been, you know, involved in this whole process? They, you know, they interviewed me and provided some Q and a, we actually rewrote, we, 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 we had, you know, key messages that we thought were important and, we of course understand our strategy. I think we we I suspect we put a little more work into our profile um, than some some companies. I think you know they kind of walk you through a process that's like gives you some answers to some questions, and you can put it up on a page, and then you're done. You know, there are right. a few videos. Um, so we did a little more work, uh, but they but they provided that, and then um, you know. They've got they've got some tools. You can answer some of the questions one at a time, and then it rolls it all up into a submission to the SEC, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's you know the, the the bulk of the work has been ours, and they give it they give they're doing tools that they're providing to us and everybody else. But right, yeah, they weren't that involved with you know the strategy of the message and what are the key points and choosing metrics and. All of that's been, been sure. So, in terms of like um, competitors out there, you know, you know, there are a lot of tools, but I think from 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 where my perspective is that most of the tools are the sort of the, the broadcast tools, right? Right. So, do you guys you guys have to be plan, uh, in uh, positioning yourselves as being one of the only people doing this sort of you know community around this sort of thing? So, you know, is that sort of one of your lead pitches when you're out there, you know, kind of talking about investment and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely the leader in, you know, the small, you know, it's relatively small compared to all, you know, even, even web conferencing. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different slices to that, but one slice is people who really want to engage rather than broadcast and not just engage, like engage people with Twitter and things like that. I mean, there's definitely lots to be said for asynchronous and there's actually forms of that type of communication that we think really fit within, um, the kind of conversation we're talking about, but, mm-hmm. um, but primarily for people that, you know, that want to do like a, you know, with, with lots of people, but have them, everybody actually speaking and participating, they, they have to be in small groups by definition. And we're definitely the leader in that space. And, and, um, you know, people, people think of it as like, well, should we do a video or a maestro event? And I've heard people say that and, you know, maestro where they're, you know, conducting a, an orchestra of voices, mm-hmm. uh, rather than playing every, you know, playing every instrument themselves. So what do, you, what do you envision as the biggest risk right now um, where you guys are sitting? Let's see. Well, you know, there's, there's a kind of a variety of levels to that. Um, well, how about, how about we just break it down in the equity crowdfunding side? You know, what's, yeah. what's the biggest risk going on right now with, an, with a public equity crowdfunding campaign? 
I don't know that this, it seems like it's going really well. I, I don't, I mean, uh, you know, with this, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, in some ways, I guess you could say that we could, you know, you know, we should be asking for more dollars, you know, including going to institutional investors and just building this thing faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, and, and venture back companies have a, you know, go big or go home. Right. The hockey stick, you know, and, and so if, and we're, we're aiming for that, we want to go big, but we're not necessarily, if somebody off, you know, if, if, there, if we had an acquisition offer for, you know, we're going to, we're going to double our investors money. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but, but there's maybe a 5% chance that we would, we could, if we, if we went this other path that we'd be able to 10 X their money. Right. Well, I think it's a bad bet, you know, like I would rather yeah. take the, but if I had venture capital um, owners, they would say that that's a good bet because they don't care about a 2x. They only want a 10x. Yep. And they're willing to risk it, anything. And I've heard entrepreneurs that are like, we had a good business. It was a solid business. It was a profitable business. You're talking to one. That's, that's why I got out of my uh, previous startup. Is that right? Yep. My VC, I mean, we were making good money multiple cities. We just could not get up to the 10 X and I, it just, it blew my mind. So then my mind, my, my mind process started changing for everything. So instead of making like a good solid business decision, I'd make a decision going, yeah, but we got to get to 10 X, you know? I mean, it, frankly, it almost felt like I was like a, like a cokehead, you know, like, Oh my God, we got to do it like this, you know, as opposed to making solid decisions. And I love what you're saying right now. I'm just, I'm just focus and make sure the product's good and, you know, you know, the customers are getting great feedback and vibe and they love your product and you're changing and uh, screw the 10X. So frustrating. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the, and the old fashioned way of, of doing a business was that you made it profitable and paid dividends to your investors. Right. Right. But in Silicon Valley, that's considered absurd. I know. And that's what blew my mind is. There's a reason. Yeah. The, 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 you know. Just in general, dollars invested in venture capital in the last 20 years, 25 years, have not done as well as investing in the public equity markets. Yep. So that is, as a, as a category, it has not done as well. It's not been as smart as placing capital as just the stock market. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's where the unicorns come in. It's like everybody will look at like a Dropbox or whatever, you know, and that's, that's sexy, but they don't see the 800 other thousand, you know, yeah. Exactly. failed things where the money was just basically thrown away, you know? And that's a lot of money in big stuff. I mean, I just remember seeing the $200 million that, you know, Groupon was getting. Yeah, right. Just going, that's a terrible company. I can just see it from my experience of, you know, yeah. Groupon. It's like, there's no way there's a... So a lot of that late money where it's just people trying to get on something that looked hot. Yep. Um, the, the, the ROI is better with early stage companies, at least according to David Rose, um, you know, very networked investor in this space, um, and wrote a book about this. So, so we're a little better than that as an industry, but, but where I'm looking, looking is a lot more like regular businesses in a sense of create a profitable business, not don't, don't, don't go everything just, it's gotta be explosive growth or nothing. So we're, we're all about growing our customers. We've been doing it every year, but. Um, but we're just not about like just spend and we're, you know, these, 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 you know, venture back 
companies, and less and less so. This is not the 90s. We don't see the kind of excess we saw in the right. 90s. But, uh, but still, just like, you know, bringing, you know, bringing T-shirts everywhere they go to give, or, give out with their logo. And, you know, and it's like, you know, what's, you know, it's a $20 T-shirt. You know, how, what's the chances that that's going to make you $20 somewhere down the line? Right, right. Oh, Slim wow. to none. Yeah, so I think that's, in some ways, I think the risk of the crowdfunding is, is you know, I think it's actually perfectly aligned as like, let's actually build a solid business and make money. And we're not, you know, they're not, they have, they're the kind of folks who are more rational, you, you, you know, economically. Yep. They're happy to double their money. They yeah, have, right. I'm not, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm still aiming to 20x people's investment. Sure, sure. But um, I'm not going to like throw away a 3x because it's just not big enough. Right, right. In that sense, they're more economically rational. Now, that by the way, the VCs are not stupid. They're acting absolutely in their own interests. Mm-hmm. And the way their deals are structured and the way they, you know, the whole fund, um, you know, makes money on having the big stuff. And so they're they're acting very um, very smart. I'm not saying yeah. they're dumb, uh, but they're not acting what you you know just classically rationally and maximize the expected value of your of your future profits. Sure. Sure. So, um, so in that sense, I think crowdfunding is very much aligned. What I think of as the risk of taking it is just that it's it's um, you know you there is a million dollar cap, and so um, sorry, that's okay. Um, Life of a so, CEO, yeah, right so there, it's just guys. Going to keep us in the small um, kind of small, uh, you know. But but I think we'll be able to use it. Show that show with the numbers what the cost of acquisition is, and then we can use that either with a, a reggae or, or uh, you know, private offering. So sure, cool. Well, let's let's yeah, finish up with one more question here. So, so so what what does the future look like for you guys? You know, walk me out. What does Oops. next year look like? I'm not hearing anything. Oh, hello. Hello. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? It's chat button. Oh, you know what? I muted my. Um... Okay, try again. Hello, hello. I'm so sorry. I, you'll have to edit that out. Or That's all right. Yeah, I, I'm an editing guru here. So, uh, I, no, I just had one more question here, and then uh, you know, we'll kind of wrap it up. But I was, I was wondering, you know, what is it? What does this time next year look like for you guys? What, what's your envisionment? Well, we'll. Um... You know, we get we get to spend a year really focused on growth. We've really been focused on technology, and and so to focus on the growth, it's you know we've we've invested in pure you know customer acquisition, and and also in these kind of events on our platform that you know could be sponsorable. We could generate sponsor revenue to bring in influencers to you know to experience great conversations. So. Mm-hmm. To me, it's all about that, and that's 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 you know, absolutely the focus for 2017. Cool, awesome. Well, Brian, I appreciate it so much. You taking some time out of your day to uh, to sit down and chat with myself, and and I know my listeners are going to be really intrigued to uh, to check out your campaign. So uh, I'll let you get back to being uh, the old CEO of a company here, and let you get back to work. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Cool. All right. Take care.
right. That was my conversation with Brian from Maestro Conference. A um, lot of really good inside info in there. And, and I think if you read between the lines from some of his answers, you know, you can really tell that there's there's a strong community going on over uh, on WeFunder. And uh, and if you have a great product, um, I think that's a great platform for you to go into equity crowdfunding. So, um, so all right. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, you know, uh, hopefully those campaigns are doing what you need them to do. If you guys have any questions, you know where to reach me, Jeff at Woodshed.agency. You can also join our Slack channel and ask us questions there. And, uh, and happy crowdfunding, guys. All right. Have a good one. We'll talk to you all next week. Oh